Breaking Rules Publishing is currently accepting submissions in all genres, including for our four magazine lines, Horror Magazine, The Scribe, Triangle Writers, and the soon-to-be-released Someday Magazine. We also have several short story anthologies, such as The Hollow, Where All Evil Lies, and an upcoming wedding anthology. So for more information, please visit breakingrulespublishing.com. And if you're enjoying Writer Someday to Author today, please make sure to hit subscribe. New episodes are uploaded weekly. Welcome listeners to the Breaking Rules podcast. I'm author Jennifer Gordon. And today on Writer Someday to Author Today, we have two very special guests with Brand new new releases coming out. Aaron Liebold, author of Genocide, and Ed Green, author of Real Skin. Yay! <laughs> I'm, ima- I'm imagining a giant crowd uh, clapping for all of us. Uh, so I'm going to let you guys introduce, introduce yourselves and say a little bit about your new releases that you have out right now. Let's start with Ed. My name's Ed Green. I'm originally from Rockport, Texas, big howdy, but I'm also now living in Colorado and I'm probably about 30 minutes from the mountains. And I'm just in my 10th book. It's called Real Skin. Uh, Very unexpected. I never planned to write a crime detective book, but I'm so glad I did. And I think when people get ready to read it, they are fully going to enjoy the surprises that await behind these pages. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. I'm reading Ed's book, everybody, so I understand his surprises that are coming. <laughs> Thanks. Aaron? Uh, yeah, I'm Aaron Liebold, and I'm from Ontario in Canada. Uh, so Genocide is my first release, and it's kind of a story about a, a young boy who has a very tragic sort of upbringing and then uh, ends up getting away from his issues and taking revenge on the people that did it for him. So it's kind of a... I don't, I don't really know what genre it is. I've kind of had a hard time deciphering what genre it is. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good read if you, if you have some time to read it. So, um, Aaron, this actually very much leads into the first thing I wanted to talk to both of you about. Uh, you're listed as horror writers. And, yep. and I think some of the things that you write are, are of course, they're, they're horrifying. People can't see my air quotes, but they're horrifying. But I, I just read Real Skin, most of it except the end, so no spoilers, Ed. Okay. And I read Genocide. <laughs> and I do consider them both horror, but I don't think they're typical horror. So I wanted to talk to both of you about genres and and how you classify yourself and and what do you think a horror novel is because you just said the word genre uh Aaron I'm gonna start with you um when I think of horror I kind of think of like classic horror like sort of uh the serial killer in the woods sort of Friday the 13th sort of stuff so but really I don't know I mean horror is anything that creeps you out really I mean, when I wrote this book or any book that I've written, I've never really thought much about genre. I've never really worried about it. I've just kind of written what I wanted to write and then kind of figured I'd find out later what the genre is. So um, I know. I, th- I think they always say, imagine what, what shelf your book would be on in a bookstore. Yeah. And that seems like a big deal to a lot of people, like trying to fall into some sort of category. And it's never really been that big of a deal to me. I've just sort of figured 
you know, it'll hit the audience that I wanted to hit one way or another. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Uh, Ed. So genres, do they, do they mean something to you? Are you, what do you go into your book thinking it's going to be? Like, what did you think real skin was going to be? Horror? I, I didn't, I don't stick to genres because I'm, I look at it as if I pick a genre, if I get a great idea, but it doesn't fit that genre, then I'm doing myself a great injustice because I might not write the story. And mm-hmm. so I've decided I'm going to write my stories and then pick the genre they best fit in. So yeah, real uh, skin, I thought maybe horror, but then to me it's more of a detective book with a horror thriller. Uh, it's got a little sci-fi in it, so it can fit in multiple genres at that point instead of just sticking it in one. Right. Gives it more publicity out there to the people. Yeah. So I read, um, like I said, I read like 90% of Ed's book, and I read all of Aaron's. And as a as a reader, I would have a hard time putting either of them someplace, like a specific shelf. Oh, this is blah, blah, blah. And I liked that. I think of horror as anything that can horrify you. And, yeah. and I'm going to say this as a compliment. Both of your books horrified me. <laughs> and well, in, a, in, in a good way, uh, both emotionally and physically a little bit. <laughs> uh, so uh, again, very much a compliment. You both have a very distinct writing style. Ed, I know you and I have talked about uh, your non-traditional Uh, writing style and how you use capitalization and how you use quote marks. And I know nobody's read it yet, but you wrote a wonderful blog about your writing style. And you talked about, you wrote how the characters spoke to you. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I've, I've read books to where they don't capitalize a lot of stuff. And so I feel by doing that, you're getting the emotion, the character in my book is trying to want you to feel. So if they're screaming, I'm going to put it in capital, A's, capital letters. Mm-hmm. Um, if it means something really strong to them, I'm going to quotate it. Because if they're about to lay down and cry or you know, put a bullet to your, their head, I want you to feel that. So to me, if my readers aren't getting that emotional bond, then at that point, I'm not doing what I think my book should be doing. Okay. Because I'm one of those people that if I can't get connected within the first five pages, I might give each other the first chapter. But after that, if I can't connect, we're done. So that's, I feel that's why I need to write is the same way. It's because I want everyone to connect to my writing. Awesome. Um, Aaron, your book is written in a, a very immediate and visceral way. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, I mean, actually the whole thing, uh, I emotionally was very connected with your character from the very beginning because it, it was a direct writing style. And I know I, I messaged you and I said, this is Jack Kerouac. <laughs> this is how he wrote. Yeah. Do you have influences on your writing? Do you think uh, the style of your writing swayed by by artists that you admire or was it the story that was pushing this very much every sentence was and this is again a compliment a punch well i appreciate that um kerouac is definitely my biggest influence i would say i didn't i gotta be honest i haven't done a lot of reading before i started writing 
I was never really a big reader. So um, I was always into William Burroughs and that kind of stuff when I was younger, but not even so much his writing, just like his person. Like he was in a lot of music videos of he had this yes. with ministry and Nirvana and that kind of stuff. So <laughs> you speak my language. Ministry! Yeah, that got me into the beat writers. And then uh, once I started reading Burroughs, I read a lot about Kerouac and figured I should check out his stuff. And I really liked the way that he did it all kind of like from his perspective. And it just had a lot of emotion in it. And he did like so much description, but I didn't like how, how slow they were. So I kind of felt like my book, I wanted it to be a little bit of a faster pace. Kind of like, I don't know, just sort of keeping up with today's generation too. Like you see a lot of stuff that's like, people seem to want like, things to keep happening over and over and over. And it's almost like if I wrote a chapter where nothing really happened, I felt like it wasn't really a proper chapter, if that makes sense. It does. Do you think that you feel like this because you work with younger people? <laughs> That's quite possible. <laughs> I, I mean, because it's such um, a great, it's such a great uh, observation that I think we're all grown ups here. We're of grown up age that, that mm. we're okay mm -hmm. letting things happen a little slower, but, but I, sometimes younger readers do want everything to be happening all the time. But action, it's those action Action. Um, and so I know I just said yeah. a bunch of stuff. So, but do you think that it influences you because you have uh, like more of a connection to a, like a younger culture? It's okay to say no, they're not listening uh, to I don't <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I never really thought about it. I don't know. I just kind of wrote the way that felt right to me and kind of went with it that way. Like I just, um, I feel like a big part of what I've done for a job for the last 10 years has really helped me build empathy. So to like build a character to kind of use that empathy to sort of do it from their perspective as best I can, even if it's something that I've never personally gone through. Like I can picture it without ever having actually gone through it kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank, thank goodness because it's, you know, you two and me, like peripherally, we write on the darker end of the spectrum and mm. it's important to have a, a strong imagination. So Ed, Aaron just mentioned William Burroughs. And while I was screaming last night reading your book and then earlier today when I was talking to our publisher Christopher from Breaking Rules Publishing, uh, plug to Christopher, I said Ed's book Real Skin reminded me of if Silence of the Lambs had a baby with William S. Burroughs Wild Boys. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's a compliment because I like both of those books. So have you read any Burroughs? Have you who were your biggest influences as uh, for authors? My biggest one, uh, if you were to read my first book, you have the cicada, you would know instantly, and that's Stephen King. Okay. Because I've been told it's as if he wrote that book himself already. Well, that and is so, a very big compliment. Yes, and that came from my cousin. She's a famous writer. And so she's the one that gave me the advice before I wrote that book because I was scared. Like, you know, what if I go too far? And she's like, don't worry about it. She goes, just write what they say, and you'll be fine, and they'll edit if they need to. So King's my biggest one. Uh, Piers Anthony loved him, especially on a pale horse. That was probably my favorite one. Um, Gina Maul with the Clan of the Cave Bear. But the two that you mentioned, I don't think I have read. I've usually been, I don't know. I've never tried to just stick with one person other than probably King. 
Yeah. I think, I mean, he's the canon. If you're a horror person mm-hmm. there, you always have to go back to Stephen King cause he does it all. And, and, and he's revered for it as he should be. So <laughs> Ed, you just said something. Uh, so now I'm going to go on a tangent. You said, don't stifle yourself. If it's too dark, somebody will, will stop you or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, you, you both reading your work, write very dark fiction. And again, mm-hmm. that's a compliment. Uh, do you ever get scared that what you're writing is going to be too polarizing and that somebody will read it and be offended? I mean, offended is probably a, a good thing to be. Sometimes. Oh, I expect that. Dear okay. the Cicada, I actually put in a graphic warning stating not for children. Uh, good. Strong sexual content, language, adult situations, taboo subject matter. Um, I expect it to be very controversial because I go there. It's got a pedophile as a main character, and I had to make sure to put in there. I do not agree with this character. Yeah. I do not approve of what it's doing, but it is just a character. Because out of like 10 people that I know have tried to read it, two have been able to accomplish it. The other ones weren't able to make it past the first chapter. <laughs> so Aaron, uh, your book is incredibly emotional and it's it's dark in subject matter, but it also has a lot of violence. I don't find the violence graphic because mm-hmm. I think by the time you get to the that point in the story, it, it it's earned. But was it, did you ever yeah. think that while you were writing that all of that violence, that it would turn readers off? Did it matter? I kind of feel like the, the audience that I'm trying to reach is going to like it and they're going to like it for what I put into it. And if someone doesn't like it, it might just not be their style. I mean, I'm kind of fully anticipating some bad reviews on it at some point because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that just aren't into that, right? So, and that's everybody's prerogative. I mean, I'm not really big into romance stories, but I'm sure there's romance stories that I would enjoy too, you know what I mean? But Yeah, you know, uh, the, the last podcast we just did, we had two really amazing romance writers and I read both of their books. I'm not a romance fan and they were brilliant. Uh, Alison Martine and Abigail Green, she's... Um, uh, they're they're both with breaking rules and they wrote very character driven stories which i think at the heart of what all of us do if there was like a venn diagram that little thing in the center is what the character is so uh i'm going to ask one quick question before we go to our break did you come up with the story or the character first your main character of your current work i'm going to start with you ed Character or story first? Uh, story. I saw a newscast where firemen went and broke into a uh, storage bin that was on fire. And I just thought, well, what would freak them out if something was in it? What would be in it? And all of a sudden, it just came to me, the story, the character, and all that. I knew who I wanted and what we needed to do at that point. Okay. Aaron? Uh, yeah, I kind of came up with the concept first kind of tend to like drift off before I go to bed and think of weird things. And that was one of those things that I thought about for a long time. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the that's, writing uh, process for all horror and dark writers. I can't yeah. believe what's my brain doing. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of came up with the concept first and then, uh, 
sort of went from there. Started writing and um, kind of let it go, like go its course, sort of thing as I went. That's very great. So we're going to take a tiny little break right now, so we can hear from our show sponsors, and we'll be back in a few minutes with Ed and Aaron. That's Not Canon is a community committed to giving new podcasters a platform to share their voices and have some fun. If you would like to get started podcasting or simply enjoyed this podcast and would like to find out more, you can head over to our website at that'snotcanon.com. If you simply want to support us and what we do, we would very much welcome your patronage at patreon.com forward slash that'snotcanon. Welcome back, listeners, to Writer Someday to Author Today. Once again, I am your host for this week, Jennifer Gordon, and I am interviewing Ed Green and Aaron Liebold. Fellas, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your publishing process. I know, Aaron, this is your first published book. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Ed, this is your 10th published book? 10th published book. So we're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum here. But I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about how you got published, uh, like you know how how was the process with breaking rules? What made you decide to become brave enough? Uh, so I'm going to start with Aaron. Um, well, when I finished my first book, I wanted to publish it right away and put some money into getting it edited and all that kind of stuff. But learning the process of how to actually go about getting published was a little bit of a learning curve. So the way that I went was doing the query letter and doing all that stuff and sending it to all the literary agents. Um, I kind of spammed a bunch of them, I think. I went on uh, Query <laughs> Tracker and spent, sent out like 400 of them. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I got a lot of rejection letters and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Genocide was actually written to be the sequel for my first book. But when my first book didn't get published, I made the decision to take all of the, anything out that had to do with the first book and make genocide a standalone one, and then do the same thing. Just made a query letter for it and blasted it out everywhere. And again, a lot of rejection letters. And then um, I joined a writing group on Facebook, and somebody named Sam posted a link to Breaking Rules. And at that point, I was like, kind of learning more about independent publishers. I didn't even know you could really get your book published without yeah. a literary agent. So I just followed that link, and I was like, yeah. I'll send my stuff. And then I got a message back saying that I was approved. So it was a little bit taken back, actually. I wasn't really expecting it just because of how many rejection letters I've gotten over the, the course of the last few years. So um, Yeah, uh, I, I went a similar route to you. This is not my podcast, but I went a, a similar route. Like, let's send out the query letters. Let's get the rejection. Let's get a letter that says, I loved everything about it, except I hated all your characters. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> what did you like uh and uh i will say i went through because i went through a similar process as you uh with breaking rules i loved that they um christopher patty the whole team they they take chances on books that are uh maybe like a little darker maybe a little weirder maybe Mm -hmm. it's a first time author Uh, you know if it connects with them they they're willing to take that chance. So I love that your story and my story are similar. Uh, Ed, this is your 10th book. So your story is probably ours, but 
many, many books ago. Yeah, my first one, I've got at least 12 rejection letters. I even had one that ripped me up one end and down the other. I mean, it was bad. And so you had I them, started to, yeah, <laughs> I just kept researching and I kept aiming for those companies that were on the outskirts of being non-traditional. And it seemed like I had a better chance. And I just ran across Breaking Rules and I thought, that name says everything because my first book is breaking every rule out there. <laughs> and yeah, Christopher got back to me probably in three days. That's so, great. That is yeah. really great. Um, yeah, I did. And again, this is not about me, but I, I did the query letter. I did all that stuff. I got a couple submissions, accepted a bunch of things, really rejected, painfully rejected. Mm -hmm. And uh I found the breaking rules site on, I can't even remember what website it was now, but it was about uh, editors and publishing houses that accepted non-traditional horror novels. And they were mentioned in a blog and I loved the name. I said, mm -hmm. breaking rules, yeah. perfect. My book doesn't fit into anything. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, in a good way, neither of your books fit into anything. It doesn't fit neatly on a shelf where it should. Yeah. No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, I know. I know you're both prolific writers, and you're still continually writing. Uh, when when we're about to be done, we'll talk about your next projects. But what is your? I just want to be a dork. I want to say, what is your favorite horror novel, and what is your favorite horror movie? Ed, book and movie. Ooh, oh, gonna... I know. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can call it horror, but I love The Stand. Uh, that one just yeah. blew me out of the water. Um, my favorite horror movie, I have it's to okay if it's two bad. of them because nobody seems to know of them. And that's Prince of Darkness by John Carpenter and uh, Strangeland with Dee Snyder playing the lead role. I do know Strangeland. Yeah. <laughs> Freak people out so bad when I tell them you need to watch Strangeland. <laughs> oh, I love that. That weirdly gave me chills. I was like, but Dee Snyder. <laughs> so, Aaron, favorite horror novel, if you have one, and favorite horror movie or comic book? I haven't really read many horror novels, to be honest with you. Like, I was never a big reader until I started writing. And then I was like, hey, I got to start reading more because if I'm going to be a writer, I got to read. So, I haven't, I've only read like maybe like 15, 20 books, to be honest with you. That's, um, that's still, honestly, that's more than most people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, but horror movies, I would say um, my, my biggest muse is probably Wes Craven. I loved what he did. I loved the, uh, the Last House on the Left and the Nightmare on Elm Street series. And uh, Last House on the Left, I think, was really groundbreaking. Like, if it, it's one of those things, though, where if kids were to watch it now, we would probably find it boring. But, like, at the time, it was, like, super controversial and, like, really, it, it crossed a lot of lines, which is kind of, yeah. like, what, what we're trying to do, you know what I mean? So, um, but also, one of my favorite movies that i got to mention is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And that, that's... Aaron, <laughs> <laughs> meet my buddy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I grew up, uh, my mother used to collect clown figurines. So when I grew up, my house was filled with literally hundreds of weird clowns. And then I saw that movie and I thought, something's not right here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a great movie. 
So if you, uh, I'm just going to plug a book that's not a breaking rules book. Just if you liked Last House on the Left, there's this book called The Ca uh, Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay. It is incredibly fast paced. It's graphic. It's gory. It's beautiful. It's an end of the world book. Or is it? It's also a family drama. If, if you like that kind of book and movie, please check it out. It's one of like my biggest influences. I stayed up all night reading it. And then immediately when I was done, I gave it to my fiance and I said, you need to read this. And then he read it nonstop. Hmm. So it's another good kind of groundbreaking uh, genre crossing mix up post-apocalyptic family drama, a little bit of gory violence. And of course, the thing I love the most in horror, solitude and isolation, whether it's emotional or physical. Yeah. <laughs> emotional a lot is, I think, the birth of a lot of horror is Get your characters to feel like there's nothing else they have and see what happens. It sounds good. So, Ed, let's talk about what you're working on next. Well, I'm fixing to knock out Bed Bugs 4. And then my next novel is Delta Dawn, based on the actual country song. So I'm going to try my hand at romance. <laughs> you know... Wow. All right. So Bedbugs 4, just so people who are listening, uh, this is your fourth in a series of, are they young adult or children's horror novels? I would they are made for the Wednesday and Pugsley Adams and all of us. So if your children fit in that from about, I say five or six and up, you're going to love them. It's They're all done in rhyme. And so I do a rhyme about the, the Scarab Gara, this little Scarab you're running across from Egypt. But each book also comes with a short story that's horror-based. Okay. So from about five and six up. I love it. So, Aaron, I know, I feel like I know the answer to these questions, but what are you working on now? <laughs> um, I was working on a book. I actually had the idea before all this COVID stuff happened about a story about a guy who and his wife has a bit of an accident and... Uh, I don't want to, I don't know how much I want to give away about it, but it's like, he basically is kind of in a psychosis in the whole thing. It's, I needed a reason for like the wife to be able to be home for a couple of weeks and no one did notice. And then all of a sudden this COVID stuff happened. So <laughs> I just was like, okay, well, that's, that's it. Then it takes place now. So the book yeah. is actually called uh, quarantine and it's about like the time that we're going through right now with all the COVID stuff. So I'm kind of throwing in some of the stuff like waiting in line at the grocery store or in the liquor store and like, some of the pop culture references and that kind of stuff uh, just to kind of help solidify the time. But um, yeah, yeah, it's basically about a guy that kind of is kind of going crazy throughout the whole quarantine period. And it's, it's basically so far as him kind of by himself with other stuff, but uh, I'm pretty excited about it. It's pretty fun to write. So yeah, I'm excited to read it because um, yeah, I, I, I think this uh, quarantine and this whole thing that everybody's going through right now, that bonds us as a society as artists, as writers, people that we would normally not be able to connect with. We're all having a shared experience mm -hmm. and, yeah. and wherever we, you know, kind of fall on political or artistic spectrums, we're all dealing with the same thing right now. So I love that as inspiration. You're going to love real skin as you get along. Cause I wrote part of the quarantine. It's 10 years in the future. So they talk about it. 
Okay. I was wondering, I was wondering where in the future I could tell it was in the future. And I'm like, is this 20 years? Is it 40 years? It's 2030 is when it's taking place. Okay. And so they talk about the virus in the past and the serial killer is going to freak you out because he plays a vital role in the survival of people during that time. Oh my gosh. All right. We're at two minutes. So I think we probably have to wrap this up. Uh, I'm just going to say, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. You can find both Aaron and Ed's books at breakingrulespublishing.com. And you can also find them for Kindle for immediate download and Kindle Unlimited on amazon.com. And that is Aaron Liebold. He's the writer of Genocide and Ed Green, the writer of Real Skin. So thank you, everybody. And thank you, fellas, for being here. I'm going to give you a round of applause. (laughs) Today's episode of Writer Someday to Author Today is brought to you by the following sponsors. Embrace Magazine is the first ever LGBTQ plus magazine in North Central Florida. It premieres on May 31st, 2020 as a digital only annual magazine with a possible limited print. The mission is to present stories of gay and straight communities coming together to live, work, play, and pray. The magazine provides content that is appealing to both the LGBTQ community as well as straight communities. To learn more, visit our website as embracemagazine.us and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash embracemagazine.us.